Welcome to God Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Scott Gazzoli. Scott is host of the podcast, Causing the Effect. It's a great podcast. We talk about similar topics, the mind, consciousness, personal development. I think you guys are going to love it. Guys, check me out on Instagram at Noor Kidwai. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And we're part of the Comedy Here Often podcast network on 604 Records. So check them out too. Let's get into this week's episode, everybody. My guest this week, Scott Gazzoli. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. Today I'm here with my man, Scott Gazzoli. Scott, thanks for joining me, bro. What's up, baby? How you doing? Good to see you again, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I just did your podcast, which I have to say uh, is a little bit of an inspiration to me, my man. Um, Really? What the fuck? Why would you be inspired by me? Oh, fuck, man. Your podcast is very high quality. Um, it's, <laughs> Let's just tell everybody, Causing the Effect podcast, great podcast. And honestly, we're kind of on similar wavelengths. And like, um, I think you're a little bit more on like the mindset kind of, but we're both kind of like self-transformation, self-development kind of guys, it's right? It's the same. It's the same overarching theme. And uh, please, everyone, go check out episode, I think it was 209. It came out July 5th with, with Noor. Um, beautiful episode. And that, honestly, bro, it's, that's why I'm saying, like, you inspired me. Like on that episode, I was like, shit, I got, I've been looking into like my ayahuasca trips. I'm waiting for you to invite me. I'm like doing, I'm, I'm in it to win it. Um, and that was just very cool. And like, there was a lot of good feedback just from that story. People are like, yo, do that more. Cause, um, I actually, right after you came on, I had funny enough, like the biggest Canadian podcast, uh, podcasters came on the Grime America guys. And I basically just did like a drug fucking podcast and aliens and like a little Rogan three hour thing. And it was fucking awesome. So you inspired me, brother. Thank you. Ha so. ha. Nice. All right. Good to hear. Uh, yeah. And awesome. Honestly, you're on like your episode 200 and like 12 now or something like that. I think something like that. 213, 214, man. It's crazy. It just flows by. I think we're on year two and it's, it, I love these things because it's like an expression of yourself. You get to like go through uh, people are with you on a journey of like learning, at least for, for guys like us who are trying to like, you know, so I was listening to a couple of yours. It's like, we are very much in the same path. Um, you know, you are, I would say, I wish I was doing the comedy more, but like, you know, it's just like, you bro, you're just, you, you guys got to keep moving here. I feel like we slowly are lifting like the consciousness of the world together. If that makes sense. Hey, fuck man. Ah, honestly, when you say it like that, that sounds pretty nice. Um, yeah, man, I just got off of like uh, episode 100 and I know like the kind of like the struggles to get to that and like the work and all of the stuff that kind of go into it. Uh, what do you, what kind of advice do you got for a guy who wants to go from 100 to 200? Oh, dude, just keep going, man. Take it uh, a week at a time is how I look at it. Like give, I, I think people overwhelm themselves. Like, How am I going to book? Like, if you think about it, right? Like for me, I- I've never missed uh, two episodes a week for the last two years, right? And consistency is the key. Everybody, that's if you Google how to build a podcast, that's really just the answer. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it from a monthly standpoint, you got to book eight people. That's it. And even if, even if that could stress you out, I got to talk to, gotta, how am I going to find eight people? It's not that many. Or extrapolate that eight times 12, I get to meet 90 new people. And, and for me, when I started turning it from like, what do people say, how you do your podcast? Like, follow this, follow it. Like, fuck that. Just be yourself and like, be genuinely curious. Like the second I started taking off, there was no 
like I had the big guess and that helps you, right? That'll always help you. But like, when you like make that turn to authenticity and like just are actually curious and talk to the people that you want to talk to, mm. um, you just like, it starts flowing. And then, you know, like I'm lucky enough now where I, I, I am, I'm teamed up with about seven or eight PR firms that are like, I get a list of guests. Um, so I get the people who are like referred like yourself. And then I get the people who are like, I get to pick and it, it becomes a lot easier as you go. And like, it's, you don't realize like what you're doing for people. Like it was weird. There was this big dude in my gym and um, he was listening to my podcast. I was like, bro, I didn't even know you listened. He was like, yeah, man. He's like, yeah, shit. I was like, what? Like, this is weird. Like, just like you're dropping little sprinkles of, of like a, a rock in a pond and like it just extrapolates. And it, it's just really cool because even for me, I realized like I was always nervous to talk about it because I guess like identity crisis and like you don't know if you're good enough. And the second you start talking about it, people are actually interested in the mind because now it's like that's the first thing I say to people. Like, I'm not my day job. I am a guy that's just curious about the mind. Yeah. All right, man, dude. And I love how you said curiosity, because when I actually started doing the podcast, so it came from an ayahuasca trip, too. And like the ayahuasca kind of opened up the whole realm of curiosity in me. And that's how honestly I talk about it in my first fucking episode about that, because like that was what my first episode was about. But it's so true, like that curiosity, once it like awakens in you and when it comes from an authentic place, People want to listen to it because you're just yeah. sitting there trying yeah. to figure shit out and like, and you're just stuff that you're interested in. So if people are on the same wavelength. Oh. Why the fuck not? Exactly. And, and there's just so much. That's why it's like, when you say the like, it's like, do you want to do, or do you want to be, do you want to talk about consciousness? Do you want to talk about the truth? Do you want to talk about reality from a philosophical standpoint, from a psychedelic standpoint, from a, from a psychological standpoint? Like for me, like, it's just exciting. Like, and I, I was like, it, it just becomes who you are in a way. And now when people see like, I, I forgot to throw in the fitness people as I've been so into the mind and now I'm having my fitness guests back on. I'm so excited. I'm like, wow, I'm really like more invigorated from it. So it all kind of like levels you up in a way. So you get to help others, you get to get therapy and you get to just learn. It's like, how, why wouldn't you do it? Hell yeah. All right, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for getting yeah, me bro. all riled yeah, up. Bro, I, love I got it. you, bro. I got you. Uh, let, let me know, uh, let my audience know uh, like a little bit of why you kind of started your podcast. Cause uh, you kind of told me the stories of like, kind of like a little bit of a shift in your identity, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And that yes. kind of made you uh, made this podcast actually perfect for you. Yeah. So I will tell everybody exactly what happened. I was, if you looked at me in 2019, you'd be like, okay, typical uh, New York Italian kid. I got married uh, by 27. I built a million dollar house. I had everything that the society tells you to have. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like where this, this wasn't happiness. It was just me listening to what the society norms and trying to make other people happy. Like almost like confirm that I am normal or I am okay. I was just trying to show people I'm, I'm good. Um, and the last fight I had with my ex-wife at that point, I'll, I'll, can I tell a crazy story? Nora? I don't think I, I can tell you this. Okay. So the last fight I had with my ex-wife, I, we had an agreement. I could smoke pot, but I will never do psychedelics. She was like, imagine somebody stuck in the 1930s. So your audience <laughs> is going to die. But she was like, you're going to do, you can never do mushrooms. Don't ever. I, and she thought pot was like lazy. You're going to become this and that. And just so everybody knows, I'm the guy who's up every morning, 3.30 a.m., meditating for an hour and a half gym. Like I'm doing more fucking by 10 a.m. than most people are doing in their day. So like, it was just, it was just a crazy thing. So she overheard me and my cousins talking about growing a mushroom garden, not a psychedelic mushroom garden, like an actual mushroom garden, like just legit. Um, 
I was, I, I, she tells my family, she tells her family, I go downstairs and everybody's looking at me like, are you guys growing psychedelic mushrooms? It turned into this whole fucking thing. And I was like, this is, <laughs> this is the most psychotic thing I've ever been a part of in my life. I'm done. I walked out of the house. I left. That was July 1st. <laughs> I didn't tell you that, right? It's a no. ridiculous bro. It's a ridiculous story. So I actually never did them when I was married. I left J July 1st. My, now my cousins are funny. They're like, no, deals off, right? We're going to do mushrooms. I'm like, yeah, let's do fucking mushrooms. We jump in. I was so terrified. I was like so nervous. I fasted for the week. I did the whole thing. Um, it was a, what trip did I do? It was a five, five grams of mushrooms. First trip. Oh, okay. You did. Yeah. We jumped. My, my yeah, cousin yeah. just threw me in. Uh, yeah, yeah. My cousin yeah. Paul is a, um, is the one who got me into mindfulness, a wonderful human being spent 10 years in Thailand. I would say of the Zen Buddhist kind of lineage and into that, all that stuff. And he, mm -hmm. he prepped me for it. And he really was like our shaman to it. And it was one of the most, it was supposed to be me and him because nobody in my family does drugs. I have eight guy cousins that are, we're all super close. We're brothers. They're not really drug guys. I don't know what, what got into everybody that day. I was like, okay, we're ready to do it. My other cousin, I'm in, I'm in. It was like, it felt like Lord of the Rings. Like we were about to fellowship and everybody's like my sword, my ax, everybody did it. It was such a beautiful experience. Um, and it totally changed me as a person. Um, that first hour, you're just under, you know, you're just getting a little trippy and yeah, this and yeah. that. And you're, we're in this, where we were in, um, we have a house in the Poconos and a beautiful nature in Pennsylvania. And it just started to hit. And then um, the mushrooms started like talking to me a little bit. And the two things that came first, it was telling me like, calm down, don't put so much pressure on yourself. But these other things kept popping up the podcast and comedy, podcast and comedy, both of those things. I started doing comedy two months after that. Um, and then I started the podcast in the beginning of the year. So within like five to six months, I was, I mean, really looking at that, that really like impacted it. it There's a lot of stuff going on at that point. Cause I really started heavy meditating, heavy Joe Dispenza that whole last six months of 2019, when I was single, I was like, so curious so, and people would think like, you're miserable, you're divorced. Like I was so happy. It was crazy. And not even like happy, like I'm banging girls and I'm doing, I was just hanging. I was like, this is great. Like nobody tells me what to do. I'm not getting control. I'm just kind of living. And when you start experiencing that, like being a, a guy who was always with a woman or always being told who your identity is, I got to find out who I was and I'm um, not saying I'm not a, a, you know, I love women. I love, you know, booze and all that good stuff, but it's just more you're, there's more to you than that. And there's different layers and there's just, you could be all of it and, and, and none of it. Like when I tell people what I do, yeah, I run an advisory business, multi-million dollar advisory business catering to high net worth people. Yeah. I'm a psychedelics user. Now I'm the guy who has the mushroom pills in my, in my fridge. I love them. And I try, I still dabble in comedy and on a podcast. Like you could be, be it all. It's just like these limiting beliefs you have on yourself. Um, and I would say it started personal development is what, like what got me going, right? Tony Robbins setting goals, hitting them. But I think those are short-lived things, and you start seeing that you could just you could be chasing something your whole life, whether it be money, whether it be something. And it, I'd say the podcast, you, if when you if you start from episode, let's say twenty twenty five, that's more of a personal development thing. Then I go through more of a psychology kick, and now I'm just it's a little bit of everything, but I'm really leaning more towards the spirituality and, and just understanding like the true essence of my soul in a way. Um, while balancing uh, fitness and all that good stuff. Cause you know, everybody has different flavors. Cause what I love is getting um, let's say like a Yogi to be like, wow, I didn't realize mindset could be useful. And then you have a fitness douchey kid from Brooklyn. Like, wow, I didn't know I could use some mindfulness. So like, I'm trying to, 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 to connect the puzzle for pieces that may not even know, like 
you could do everything or just try this or maybe read a little bit of Carl Jung or a little psychology. And like everything is so interconnected with the mind. Everything just layers on top of each other. Mm -hmm. Man, I love that. That's such a great story. And uh, <laughs> oh, last fight. Bro, I'll never, bro, and, and so, you know, just so everybody knows, we have two younger cousins that are 17 and 18. These are golden children. That nobody in the family would have believed that that we were growing real mushrooms. My cousin Paul, the the the, the it's the one who builds. He grows real psychedelic mushrooms, but he also just loves mushrooms, shiitake, all this stuff. Yeah. So the, the little cousins had to, had to tell. You have eighteen year old kids going to like fifty year old women, like you guys are crazy. They were talking about fucking growing real mushrooms, you psychopaths. Like, and we were like, we don't, we didn't tell them like. Well, if we're going to grow mushrooms, you grow them in a fucking closet anyway. Like, that's how you do it, you idiots. Like, that's how yeah. that's how we grow our mushrooms. So they, what the fuck do they know? So okay, the intervention. That's so funny. Oh, man, I love that, though. And I love how you said, like, when you did take mushrooms, you do get this. Like, it's funny how it like implants like different ideas, like where you can go in your life. Hey, do comedy, do this podcast. Like, it's weird how you like just one experience can sometimes just like shoot you in a completely different direction. I just love that. Bro, it, and it's, you know, the science now backs it up where there's neurogenesis happening when you take the, I, I would say you could probably, you're probably more, you know, you are more experienced mm -hmm. in ayahuasca. I've done my diligence on the science behind the psychedelics and there's neurogenesis that happens that literally creates New more connection. expansion and openness yeah. in your mind. And that's, it wasn't, it was that, but it was also just like a letting go as well. And I know you spoke about that on my podcast. That's what I love, like this letting go of identity. And like, you don't have to be in a box. Like you don't have to, like I was literally at 25 an accountant in a hedge fund. And I, I could have stopped there. And that for some people, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not knocking that. I just personally think there's a lot more to life than your day job or just making money. Like, and even people who think that it's all about money, you realize it's really not. And this is what I get to realize in my day job. I deal with these billionaires every day. There's certainly guys who are miserable that are billionaires. I was like, okay, 8 billion won't make you happy. So, you know, mm. I, I, I really get to, I feel very blessed to like be able to be in a situation where on my podcast, I'm talking mindfully, but then I can go talk to billionaires about like economics and like you just get to see so many different layers. And I would say, you know, I believe um, in the Hinduist tradition, that's what they would call their shamans, where people who are able to look at life from multiple layers. And that's what I feel like I'm really in a previous life. I think I would have been a shaman. Like I'm just able to look at it from a spiritual level, a psychological level, a scientific level, economic level. And I really mean that. Like I really feel versed in all of those spaces where not that I know anything, you're just able to like dabble in it and have some fun talking about it. Hell yeah. Um, nothing wrong with that, dude. I love that. Uh, one thing you did say, like, you said you went through your like little Tony Robbins phase and then you kind of came in and now you're a little bit in that spirituality. So like, this is honestly hilarious because this is like almost exactly the same kind of route I took because like, even if you talk to me like five, 10 years ago, I'm reading so much self-development on like Tony Robbins, exact kind mm -hmm. of guys. And, you know, I'm reading like those like old, uh, old books about like getting, uh, you know, creating your wealth, creating the kind of person you want to be, but it's all about, becoming like uh you know more wealthy and more like the kind of the identity and like the more financially freedom all of that kind of stuff right and then mm -hmm. like I went into like uh the spirituality part too because like I do remember like when you're kind of in that you're right you get into this chasing of something that you never really quite get and like I needed that spirituality to just be able to stay there and be myself and just be able to experience and like oh. actually find some sort of fulfillment or enjoyment in life. Um, uh, I don't know, but with you, like, uh, was there like a balance you have between this, like wanting to be better, wanting that productivity 
and then also that spirituality of just being of just uh being being and just being able to experience yeah man I, I, and this is the this is the i would say out of all the things i love talking about this is what i love talking about it's the balance of doing and being you have to be a productive human being and be able to get shit done but you also have to have that balance and um the thing that I want people, if you take anything from what I'm saying, it's like that feeling you have of lack, that feeling you have that you're not enough. That's normal. Everybody has that. It's just how we're kind of built as human beings mm -hmm. from science. Standpoint. And I hate that personal development or even listen, if, if you have a coach, that's great. I still have a coach. I think it's my last year doing it. I don't, I think that people get taken advantage of a lot in these spaces because you're selling them a bag of goods. You're going to sell you that eventually that cup could be filled. The mm. truth is that glass will never be filled. And it's more just accepting that that's just the way you are. Um, mm. For me, that was the biggest thing. So, you know, for me, my balance has been still using some of the tools TR uses. Like if you want to set goals, have some goals. You need to, you need a name because that's, that's the balance. Like you are part, we are part animal and we are part divine. So you need to, to accept that and not say, I'm going to go, I'm not, you can't be a, uh, go sit and at least I can't go sit on top of a mountain and not talk to my family and friends and just go be, be Zen for 30 years and have peace. That would not, I don't think that would fulfill me. You have to learn how to balance. It. I think this is what is so important in today's day and age where it's hustle culture. It's do, do, do. Yeah, I get it. Great. Make your money, do your thing, be happy and buy, buy your shit. But at the same point, you have to balance that out with that, that feminine energy, that, that, that being, and when like that, the essence of presence um, for me is, the harder part. And it is so such a fulfilling thing when you actually catch it, you're not always going to do it. Um, and I think people can manipulate this under, if you understand psychology, I could say, well, you're, you're missing something. And some people go, Oh yeah, I miss some. Yeah, we're all missing something. It's just how we're kind of wired as human beings to keep wanting. And that's fine. You're going to want, and listen, I'm not, I'm going to exclude the enlightened Buddhists and all those people. I'm by no means there. I would say I'm about five or six years in my meditation practice. And now is the tough time where you're able to observe what's going on. You kind of have this level of awareness, but you can't quite change it yet. You can't quite fully accept and let go. And uh, I've had, I've had a problem with that. Even I would say this year, it's been more of a tumultuous year with COVID coming, kind of um, making life uh, come back to normal, let's say. So like with, with the normalcy of life, I've, I've been like, oh shit, now I'm, I got to kind of balance this, this whole thing. So yeah. for me, it, it's, it's having both sides of it. Yes. I want to be successful, not success to the world. What's successful look like to me? Like that's uh -huh. the best part of life. It's the meaning that you give it. So I, first I would say you have to figure out what, what meaning you want to give to life. Cause I just think people will listen to what their parents say or what their teachers say or what, you know, uh, I'm going to do what my dad does. And that's fine. If that's what you want to do for me, the values are, um, variety, um, having some fun, having peace and, you know, making a little bit of money, but also being able to be there for people when they need it. And just like, I want people after they, they hear this, or if they talk to me, say, you know what? That kid wasn't a bullshit artist. He was trying to just trying to do good, trying to just trying to do good. And I, I do think, you know, as the Buddha said, that first that first um, the first rule is, um, you know, to accept that there is suffering. And that, that's it. That's really what I'm trying to say here. It's like you have to and there, there is ways to mit to, to mitigate it. Um, but you have to do the work as well. And um, that whole you know, the, uh, the, the Japanese called the, called it the yin and yang, the, the Jesuits, the first, um, the Mesopotamians before the, the old Testament called it the God of justice and the God of mercy. You have to have that forgiveness, but you also have to be, you have to balance both of these animals, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the divine and, and the animal part of you, the primitive and that, that spiritual side. And you seem like a guy like me that would listen, we have our vices. We like to booze. I'm going to go, well, listen, I'm going to make some bad decisions. I'm hoping to get, I'm hoping to get, you know, there's going to be a girl that's probably going to regret, you know, banging me after this, but I'm still a nice guy. 
try. I'm going to try my best. So it's like balancing both of this simultaneously at the same time. And to bring in the psychology of it, you know, Carl Jung called this the integration of your soul, integration of your shadow. Maybe not, you know, not doing it how I'm doing, but everybody has their own little flavor. So I, I've just learned to like th- that, I accept like who I am, the good and the bad, the dark and the light, you know? Yeah, dude. Uh, man, and that's a perfect. I'm way sorry I'm rambling, Nor. You, you no, catch no, the, the I rambling. feel so good today. Good, good. No, I, I love the rambling because you're going on like exact places that I love and I know my audience loves. So like, that's amazing. And uh, when you said like the whole, like the cup is never filled when you're, when you like, you have that cup inside you that you feel like you're trying to fill and you're always chasing that. And it's like, it is like a true thing when you finally have that acceptance of like, Hey, it's never filled. There's a peacefulness that comes with it. And uh, that's, yeah. that's what we're kind of like all chasing. Like, and when, when you get that, but and you're right, there's a, you, you get that peacefulness, but you also want to be able to drive for whatever your goals are as well. So it's, I, mean, I know it's amazing. It's the both of that shit that you need to balance and both of those horses you need to tame. I fucking love it, man. <laughs> and you gotta be careful. Cause like when I went to spirituality, it's like, you're almost like thinking you're better than people because I'm mindful and I'm Zen. It's like, bitch, you're doing the same thing you were doing with the money. You're just trying to put yourself on the thing. Yeah, like yeah. I've learned, like, I want to be of this world, but not quite in it. Like I'm here, but I'm not just of it. Like I'm just a fucking, I'm like a character. I'm like a little jester that's floating around trying to treat life like a game, having a good time doing it, like doing wild stuff, but also treating people like, I feel like the world in general is more of like about groups now. And it's like, this group is against that group, the red against the blue. I look to people by like an individual level. And I think we have to get back to that, like treating human beings as human beings. Like it's not about black or white. Like when I meet a person, I'm judging you off of your essence of your soul more than anything else. Like who I feel you are as mm-hmm. a person more than anything, not about your money, not about this, not about that. It's about who you are as a, as like who you really are, which is, isn't even like when you get to, I always take, I started taking trips. Like, uh, I went away, uh, for a whole month, every August, I usually, um, I would have done it this year, but some family stuff. And when you start just not being near people last year was Hawaii, I sat in Hawaii for a month in a villa. I would say I would go out like, you know, a couple of days and talk to people, but for the most part, I'm alone and you're sitting with the stars. And when you're stop, you stop getting told who you are. It's beautiful. Cause like, you don't realize how much just being in your world, tell, you know, just people saying your name, like you get to see who you are as a, as a person, you stop thinking in words. Cause that's when we start running into issues. You start seeing like almost that reptilian mind comes back of like symbol symbols and what you want. And um, that was actually the trip that made me stop focusing on the podcast views or money. Cause I kept realizing like, I'm, I'm just chasing, I'm chasing, I'm chasing. Um, it, the meaning of life is life that it's just that simple. It's just being, mm. that's it. Yeah, just being no man, that's powerful, dude. I freaking uh yeah, the way you say it and like that identity thing too is like when when you get when you're in situations where your identity gets starts getting spit at you, that's where it's like yeah, like I just had my bro- bro's wedding uh this last week and it was fucking awesome. My whole family was here and it was amazing and we just had the best time. Um, but like also, like, I, I'm like, uh, now the guy in the family that everyone has to be like, all right, so you're next. When are you getting married? When's the kids happening? And it's like, whatever. And like, honestly, I've had that happen, like, for quite a few years and it's never bothered me. And like, I've always been like, yeah, no, whatever. I'll like, I'll get married when I'm ready, have kids when I'm ready or when I meet the right person. Right. But like, yeah, when I when you have that, like, constantly for a week, like shouted in your face, like one after Dude. another, 
it fucking like at first it didn't bother me at all but it ends up sinking down inside you and then mm. like even in the last few days i kind of felt it where i'm just like jesus christ like it's like it's actually kind of like deep in there that i need to kind of work it out a bit and Dude, like, we are we are on the same wavelength because i'm i love listen i'm divorced three years i've went to about, about seven or eight weddings and i would i would say things don't even pop up and I, like my wedding was so dope that everybody hired the vendors from my wedding. So I saw my DJ, I saw this, my flower guy, <laughs> it never bothered me. This weekend, I had back-to-back weddings. And for some reason, same thing you're talking about. I had that same feeling of just like, am I broken? Am I, am I off? Like, what, is it me? Like, is it, you know, cause then you see everybody from college or this, right? Everybody's married, the kid talk. It's just like the, the talk changed. And I just, I'm never like that either, bro. So, you know, listen, it's okay. It's just the way society is. It's like, listen, we, these are things you have to deal with. And, you know, maybe I don't know how you've been. I've been a little off center. Like I haven't been quite in my, in my zone. Um, but you know, it's just something to work through. Yeah. And like, yeah, no, I'm like, definitely. I've, I felt uh, definitely a little off center as well, but like, I've been like getting my center back lately, which is like, it feels good. And like, you know, like it's fun when it's funny whenever you kind of like start getting back on center, right? Like the more you do it, the easier it is. Like you kind of remember, like, oh yeah, this is my center. This is me. This is really who I am. Like that's without, what you want. yeah, without yeah. all of that shit that's like society's telling me or my family's telling me or I'm telling myself, whatever it is, like that shit's gone. And like when you when you can do it, when you've been doing it for years and years, like a mindfulness practice or whatever practice you have, when you start feeling it again, it's like you're like, oh yeah, I'm familiar. This is it. And then like it's easier to get into it, which is uh, which is nice. Exactly. And, and then there's like the funny thing. And this was the stuff that was hitting me like when I was um, there's like a price to be paid for everything. Right. So I would say if I asked you, I would say that you would want to you would want to be more unique than, than common, wouldn't you? More unique than common. One hundred percent. Me too. Right. I want to be unique. I want to do all this stuff. But the price that you're paying for being unique is not being normal. That's what we're saying. Right. So we have to not be normal. You can't be, you can't have both. This is why I was thinking about this all week. I'm like, yeah, this is what I fucking wanted. But you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. And again, there's parts of us that are just not quite sync because there's that that father, there's that father part of you that probably wants to be a dad and wants to have a girl. But you're a fucking comedian. You're a successful comedian. You can't you can't have everything like I'm literally trying to do everything. And you just can't like like girls come in my life and I'm like, oh, I know about but there's no time. And then it's not fair to them. It's you can't have everything, you know, every there's always something that implies something else. Black implies white. Good implies bad. Being unique implies that you can't be common. Yep. Damn, man. That's some Alan no, I'm Watts on shit. Fire. That's some Alan I'm, Watts shit. <laughs> I'm on fire today, bro. You're catching you're, me. You're, you're catching good. me. You're fucking I had a on great, fire. <laughs> I, I, had some, I had a great workout before this. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah, no, you're fucking killing it, my man. <laughs> um, dude, I love that. You're right. When you're... Uh, and you're right. I asked for that too. Like I asked to be unique. So of course, was, dude, yeah, you're fucking a Tory comedian. That's <laughs> like, what else? Like, bro, if you asked me, I, I was listening, I was watching your sets. I'm like, this motherfucker is so good. Like I would pay everything in my bank account to have that skill. I literally would. It's, it's just, it's just funny. But to you, you're like, Scott, fuck, I've been doing this for fucking 15 years. It's nothing. It's just, you know, it's, it's everybody's you know yeah, layers yeah. of meaning. It's so cool. Yeah. Fuck man. I got a, I'm firing my therapist and hiring you, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, uh, I want uh, my audience to like learn a little bit about your childhood because you fucking 
have like some of the most insane stories um it's crazy any chance we can dive into that a little bit oh yeah man so everybody just preface this i never even like talking about this not because i'm embarrassed just because i don't think people would believe it this shit is true i will send nor the fucking appellate court case supreme justice shit so um and if you think your life was a tough childhood like I don't have, and this is probably says something Talk about therapy. I probably need some, I don't have any childhood memories. Like literally all of this was like spoken to me. And then it kind of gets remembered. Like as people brought it up to me, I've remembered shit. Oh, I'm like, wow. I don't remember shit. Yeah. This is definitely something I'm, I'm going to have like a, when I do this ayahuasca trip, which you know what my shit, I'm going to, I'm just going to be crying, man. But um, what happened was uh, my father was in the picture till I was about six or seven. Um, he disappeared. Uh, and I'd never really heard of from him for the last for, for, for about 10 years until I was a, a teen. Now, at this point, you're smart. You start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. People start whispering witness protection program. My father changed his name, whatever. Now, the full story becomes completed uh, in 2020, where I meet my grandfather for the first time. He's, I never met this man before. Um, and it's funny when you meet like some like I met my grandfather, right? I never met this guy exactly like me. It was like, this is where I get my fucking shtick from. Like, you're the man. But um, he tells me the whole story. He said, you know, I knew he was in jail for 20 years. I didn't know why. He said, um, my father put him in jail for 20 years. So my father ratted on his own father and said, I don't want to. So what happened? The whole story was um, I thought they were selling coffee. In the coffee business, they were not selling coffee. They were selling cocaine. My father got pinched by the FBI that for one of the first RICO cases in Brooklyn. So instead of taking the hit like a man, um, he put his father in jail and just kind of ditched and went in the witness protection program. Now, listen, that's my version of it. I'm sure my dad has more reasons and all this stuff. I don't want it to sound like he's the super bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like never knew the full story. And I would say there was there, that was the same year that everything was happening that I got a divorce um, took the, the, all that happened in those last six months. I met him October, 2019. So it was just like everything kind of connected in such a way that it gave me peace. Like, Oh, there's this innate feeling of not being worthy. And I, I would say everything you see, nice hair, beautiful. So all this is hard earned. I, nothing came easy to me. I'm a dork at heart. I'm a nerd at heart. Like I've earned everything. And it, it, their confidence does not come easy to me. Um, self-assurance does not come easy to me. And I'm not going to blame my father, but not having a father figure there, that's what the, the, the paternal figure of your life is supposed to do. They're supposed to drive you forward and kind of guide you. So mm-hmm. everything I've, I've done in my life has been more just figuring out on my own. Um, so that gave me a sense of closure. But, you know, there's still that unconditioned feeling of not feeling like you're enough in your from basically six till 26. So it's 20 years of work that I kind of have to um, unravel. Now from that, let's say six or seven or eight by myself, my uncles start um, start really t- looking over me. And I would say my uncle was the father figure in my life. Okay. This man was the greatest man I ever met in my life. He passed away, unfortunately, but he was actually, so my father was not in the Gambino crime family. He was more... You can't be in a crime family if you're not full Italian. I'm sure you okay. watch Goodfellas. That's the rule. Yeah. I'm mostly Italian, but whatever. So my uncle was really in the, the game being a crime family. So he was always all the values that people see today of just being loyal, be having integrity, speaking your, your word. That comes from my uncle. Now, it's funny because that was always kind of what was pitched to me. 
it's probably because you wanted me to be a, be a good kid, but also because it's like your father's a fucking rat. We can't have another rat in the family. All this. Ha, 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 ha. And what happened was I started hanging out. Um, I started hanging out at the Pinochle clubs. Pinochle's like just where they they're basically at the headquarters of the of the crime family. So you're hanging out. They're playing cards. And it's just like a movie. So you'd see it was I still remember this like. It would be like, why is there boxes of purple shirts? Why is everybody wearing a purple shirt? Like, what the fuck is that? It's because they would like, you know, th- there would be a Walmart truck and they would just, you know, have a gun, pull, pull next to the Walmart truck and pull over, steal everything off the truck. There was, you know, they were just lifting. So there was a lot of lifting going on. But it's funny, like, I didn't realize that until you watch Goodfellas in the movies. Like, oh, I, was, I saw that. So I was hanging out there um, at around 8, 9, 10. And, you know, I'm making, I'm making money. I'm giving out drinks. They're putting... Uh, $20 in my pocket every time I bring a drink. I was just, it was crazy. Oh, wow. So that's the first step. And, you know, I learned a, a lot of hard lessons. There. I would say you can't see this, but this finger is broken, right? This okay. finger was broken this way. And it's just, it's a sound I'll never forget. Yeah. This is probably my second year into doing that. And I'm, I'm a tough I'm like, I think I'm a fucking made guy. Now I'm a tough 11, 12 year old. I'm doing my whole fucking shtick. And I was out of line with some things and I won't say who did it, but a very high ranking member of this family has a Wikipedia did it to me. And maybe that's a traumatic experience. I would say, yeah, (laughs) but I think if that, you know, when, when you meet the kid who, you know, I think people you probably heard this expression, like that kid had to get punched in the face when he was a kid. Like he, people yeah, had, yeah. had to learn their lesson. And I learned a lesson of treat the janitor, like the CEO, don't get out of line, all this crazy stuff. Um, probably a little bit of, of a heavy lesson there. Um, so that was like just one of my goings and becomings. And my mother doesn't even know that to this day. Like she, I told her I broke it playing, whatever, like just being a, whatever. Um, so you're doing the drink stuff. Then the next step is like, okay, you know, go, uh, hand this package off to somebody. So, you know, you go walk a couple blocks, hand the package off, then starts getting a little weird. It's like, okay, you got to put the bat or take the bat to the car. Okay. I do that. Then it was, you got to light the car on fire. (laughs) All right. I did. I'm going to get, I couldn't get in trouble, whatever. Who cares? Uh, there's no, there's no jurisdiction on that anymore. Right. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, So light the car on fire. And, um, I, it just felt weird. I was like, this doesn't feel right at all. And I, I basically told my mother everything. She thought I was just like, you know, just being the waiter and she got me out of it. Thank God. So my mother pulled me out of it. Fucking just, that's why she just still is like watching me like a hawk. Cause I could get out of control. Like God only knows what happened. Right. If, if you would have extrapolated that story to like me now, but, um, from there she was just on top. And I say on top of me, it was, you had to have a hundred in school. You had to win every spelling bee, every math bee. I won like I won a math bee seven years in a row just because every Holy night I come shit. home, every night I come home, she would do two hours of multiplication with me every day, every day, bang, bang, bang. And I think that's I attribute that to my mother just being able to get good, good quickly at things because I'm just used to it. Like we gotta get good within two weeks. This is it. Okay. If you put in a hundred hours or something in two weeks, you're you're, you're gonna level up very quickly. Mm-hmm. So that doing side, that thing that we're talking about before, always came easier to me, and I really attribute that to my mother. Maybe. But again, with that being good at stuff, there's an immense amount of pressure I have. So that's why I don't I don't do well with being told what to do because I'm like you. I don't need a boss to tell me about. Pre- I know about pressure, bitch. I have it. I have an, an innate thing built in me. Um, that's another level of pressure. So uh, that took us up to about what 18, 19. Then you're just kind of ripping through. Um, I was supposed to play football at um, Rutgers University over here in New Jersey. 
Uh, again, used to being good at stuff. I saw my letter of intent, uh, but I blew out my knee. ACL, MCL, meniscus, 400-pound guy Ooh. fell on my knee. My knee went, yeah. Oy. But honestly, dude, I love these things. Like these things are like, I, I must have worked through them or something because I'm so happy each thing happened. Because mm-hmm. there was a, any time, not that, listen, that's not a small thing. I just, I kind of gave up on myself after that because I felt, you know, I'm a white kid from Brooklyn. Uh, you know, I'm athletic, but not like athletic as a professional guy. So I really just gave up on my on, on the football stuff. And I gave up on my, on my career after that, just saying, you know, this is just the way it is. Now, you know, maybe I would have played some college football or something, but I really appreciate the decision I made because I asked my mother, like, what do you want to like? She asked me, she said, listen, you have to if you want this done right, you have to go to Dr. Andrews in Alabama, but it's going to cost you a thousand dollars. What do you want to do? So mom, I'm not going to, you know, I was the, I was the more I said, mom, just put me um. You know, just get me the regular surgery here at NYU. It's done. I'm in good shape now. It's fine. It's just never the same. Um, started just focusing on school. Uh, my mother said, what are you going to be? You're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, or um, or in finance? That was my option. I said, I think I like the mind. She said, what are you going to work at the fucking the, the philosophy factory? You're not doing that. So I just looked at what was the become a doctor was 12 years of schooling. Lawyer was eight. Doing finance was like six years. I said I can get double major in four and just speed it up and be quick. So I did that. Sped up my life to, um, to 22, 23, working at a top hedge fund, doing the whole shtick. Started to get really sick. Um, really a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. Uh, I was responsible for dealing with billionaires at 23, 24 years old. I kind of talked my way into a job I probably was not qualified for. Um, started getting ulcers. Uh, really, really heavily, really bad. Um, didn't know what to do. I went to the doctor like, listen, give me some pills. Give me some stuff. Like, how do we fix this? And the doctor, I thought he would have just gave me something. He said, are you like a stressed out human being? He ran like the heart, blood pressure, the EKG. He's like, dude, you got to relax. Like you are going to fucking die if you keep this up. Like look at your heart, like your, your pump. I was at my blood pressure was, he said my average was like 160 over something. I was just always rampant. Um, my cousin who I mentioned earlier introduced me to mindfulness uh, when I was what 24 at that time, and I've been doing it ever since. And um, you know, uh, ended up leaving the hedge fund a couple years later. Run my own business now, um, and that is like a really long version of my life in about 20 years, man. Dude, ah, uh, that yeah, thanks so much for sharing that because that's yeah, such an interesting, uh, interesting life. Uh, it's I like can't... shit, everything, right? It's just, it's nuts. Yeah, and like, uh, no, like just like your childhood. I, I think everyone was just like, "Holy shit!" Like, how the fuck did you even get through that, bro? Man? And <laughs> it was so crazy because, like, that story, my uncle brought up the, the, with the finger. Like, I barely remember that when I was like eighteen, nineteen, and he brought it up to me. I was like, I barely remember that. I'm like, shit. So there's definitely like a lot of repression going on and a lot of things that I got to work on myself. And this is like, the, I think people always have this problem. I get emails about this. Like, what do you do when you have a traumatic event? Now I'm not, my, my event is bad, but there's people who go through a lot worse, right? Yeah, there's yeah. rapings, there's all this crazy stuff that you hear about people. And it's like, what do you do? Do you sit, do you go back to that and try to dig on that? Or do you take, just be mindful in the moment and keep moving? Like, what, what do you think? Nor have you ever, you know, what, what is your opinion on that? Ah, like, honestly, I've been like, uh, I'm reading this book right now. uh, The body keeps the score. You ever heard of that book? I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. Oh, man, it's, uh, it's all about uh, trauma and how it stays in your body. And it's like one of the top like doctors who deals with like that and all kind of mental health. So he talks a lot about this. But yeah, man, like, if when trauma is like stored in your body, and it's there for a fucking long time, like, 
eventually dealing with it, it's a smart thing to do. But sometimes you have to wait until it's the right moment to do it. Um, Because it, it will, I think it will make an appearance. Like, I think it will make an appearance. And like, you might end up having some sort of episode where you're going to have to start learning how to deal with it. But uh, like, yeah, like you said, the best thing right now is to be mindful in the moment and try to like, just have those kind of skills because whenever trauma or anything kind of makes its uh makes an appearance having those kind of skills is like the best thing to have to be able to get you through it in a like uh in a better way in an easier way right yeah i guess acceptance is a part of that like like for me i feel like I, i've just been because there was like personal development scott and then when i was so mindful like bro during covid Oh my God. I love COVID. COVID. I, yo, bro, let's bring back variants. Give me fucking, I would love to just shut that, shut down life again. I was so happy. I was meditating for like three hours a day. Then I would do self-work. I would journaling. I just don't think looking back at that, I was so positive and so happy. Hey, it was a little like probably too positive and giving too many benefits of that. But also like, you can't live life that way. You can't have seven hours of self fucking self care every day. Like, it's not sustainable. And I would say this year, I've really been punched in the face. Like it's been, you know, Losing a ton of money on on uh, on crypto, cancer in the family, work is tough. Stop doing comedy's got me sad. Like there's so many different pieces that I feel like it's all like what you were saying. Like there's it, it's becoming a time to look at the past in a way because I've not that I've been pushing it away. I I've been pushing. I'll be honest. I've been, I've been pushing it away because like there's this there's the the story. I think people would, would would if you don't work on this and this is something you, you could see. There's the same stories. With, the, with different people over and over again. And when you start saying, well, why does everybody treat me like shit? And it's like, hmm, is that true? Or is that something that you're just, you're conditioned to think and now you're seeing it for that way. So that was like a little insight I had this week of like, so I've been pretty depressed and I'm not gonna lie. I've okay. been on like a downer and it's just been like, wow, like maybe there, it's not the world now. Maybe it, it's, it's actually me. And, you know, I even seeing like, wow, I'm putting a lot of stuff on other people. That was just an interesting insight just to see like, Wow, like he's putting stuff on other people. Like I, I really always, I, I really believe firmly, like in Jordan Peterson, like take take responsibility and and take you know look at yourself first. And I guess with these things happening, it's a I'm, listen, cancer and you can't help. And I was involved, like there was a shooting in a, on the train in Brooklyn. I think I told you about that a couple months mm. ago. And like I was on it, I, not that I, I was involved in it. I just saw it happen, and it's just like these little insights just like keep moving you towards this place of like maybe you have to look inside and, and start seeing where what they in like Tibetan Buddhism, they call it like plant like seeds. There's a couple seeds planted in, inside of me of being called a jerk. And like my mother, my whole life, that was like her big pitch. Like that was the best advice my mother gave me. Don't be a, a jerk off to anybody. So mm-hmm. obviously that's the way you're looking at it. Add a New York sense to it. Add people always being up to something. You're always like looking like, what, what's this guy up to? Like What's what's the catch here? Like, what are you trying to get from me? And it, it's cool because I could see bullshit, but it's not cool because you think everybody's up to bullshit. So it's, um you know, it's a, it's a lot of, of just mind games, I feel like, with myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, man. I like, hey, man, I think that's nothing wrong with that, uh, yeah. really. But uh, when you, like you said, when you have like uh, any kind of trauma or just like past experiences, it molds you in the way like how you respond to everyone mm-hmm. else in your life. So it, it is like something that's good to try to uh, try to look at and examine. And I, I think with you, you'll have no problem like doing that once it comes up. But, but I do, I think for me, I really do believe all of this shit comes up when it's meant to come up. Yeah. And I, I do really- think, I do think similar to the way the mushrooms kind of popped up, there would be a little psycho using the psychedelics for the right way or the ayahuasca or doing something of that nature, just to like nudge you in the right direction. I'm not saying lean on it because it is, 
you know, it's not a diet, it's medicine. Right. But mm-hmm. I think in my case, there, there's just so much, there's so much here. Right, bro. I feel, I feel like when we, when I do this, it's going to be a fucking, like, it's going to be like an exploration <laughs> of, of just a lot of shit. Cause like, for I'll tell you what happened. Um, my aunt said something to me. She was like, you don't remember your father getting taken away from you. Do you like you getting taken away from your father? I was like, what are you talking about? And when I was really heavy in my meditation, there was like this little thing that popped up like this little, I didn't call it a memory. I just thought it was like, I watched too many movies, like me getting ripped out of my father's arms and him putting, being put in a cop car. Holy shit. I, I just, I just thought that was like, not real. I was like, that's just the fucking mm-hmm. it's a, from a movie. And I'm like integrating too much. And she was like, do you remember when your father got pulled from you uh, from the FBI? I was like, Whoa. I was like, holy shit. Like there is so much suppression and so much like, you know, I guess trauma in a way of just that stuff. You can just keep digging um, and digging. And I was like, wow, this shit is that's what really I was like, th- there's a lot there. And, uh, meditation does, uh, does a lot more than what people think. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, well, we'll uh, honestly next time I have like an ayahuasca thing, I'm going to let you know. So like, hopefully you can come down and. Uh, oh, dude, I, I'm, yeah. are you in Calgary? Uh, well, I'm in Toronto mostly, but right now I'm in Calgary. Yeah. Well, I'm actually, you want to know the best part, the Grimerica guys, um, they have a good podcast. Shout out to Grimerica. They invited me to Calgary. So I'll come up there. They want me to come up there at the end of the year. So I'll come up there whenever you tell me to, and I'll go see, I'll bang out the whole Calgary team. Calgary people are becoming my favorite people. I don't know what the fuck's yeah, going on. Yeah, sick. So sick. Cool. Hey, we're, we're good. We're good folk out here. We're yeah, good folk. Man. <laughs> I'm with you. All right, uh, Scott, man, I'm going to let you go because I know you got a meeting in a little bit, but I got one more question. It's the name of the podcast. So Scott, God, yay or nay? Mm-hmm. That is a good question. I will say, yay, but the God is you. You are your own God in a way. Like you're the self, the, the, the person you are when your ego dissolves. I believe all the, the texts, and I would say I know more spiritual stuff than I do anything. I've been reading the Bhagavad Gita, the New Testament, Old Testament. All this stuff is all references to um, – God being inside of you. I think that's why Hinduism has really just kind of reached me because that's what they, what they say in the Upanishads. Um, but certainly is there. And I think the point of my podcast and the point of what we're all trying to do, become the most authentic version of yourself, become the best version of yourself, become that godlike figure to, to you. And I think when you enact that way, if we all tried to be that way, each of us would make this world just such, you know, a much calmer and, and better place. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. Hey, man, thanks for sharing that all and everything you shared tonight. Like, fuck, man. Like I said, you were on fire. You had a good workout nah, today. Uh, you were on fire. <laughs> um, yo, dude, let my audience know your podcast. Anything you want to recommend? Uh, yeah, uh, everybody just type in Causing the Effect um, podcast and just check it out if you wish. Um, if you have any questions, Causing the Effect podcast at Gmail, just always feel free to bother me. I really mean that. It's getting a little jumbled up now, but I'm always answering it and like, I don't offer anything. People like Scott, how much to coach? Like, let's just be friends. Like, I feel like everybody's like, I met you for a reason. You're helping me with stuff and I'm helping you with stuff. Like, this is what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be like, we need money from each other. And we need to figure this stuff out. People are trying to like monetize <laughs> being boys. Like, yo, fuck that shit. I never need a dime from nobody. We good. Um, if you need help, I'm here to help guys. That's it. Sick. All right, Scott. Thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Thank you, brother. All right. That was another episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And share it with like-minded people. I really do appreciate that. 
you can check me out at NewerKidY on Instagram or check out my website, NewerKidY.com. You can see my comedy. You can see my comedy dates that are coming up and all that other information. We're part of the comedy here often, Podcast Network on 604 Records. But I'll see you next time on another episode of God Yay or Nay.